everybody. Welcome to TL's Roadhouse. I've been so looking forward to talking to my friend. Easter Corbin's in the house. Hello, buddy, how you doing? Man, I'm so good, brother. Good. It's really good to see you. Absolutely. So you've been going through some changes, man. I know uh, we met, I'm trying to remember, we met at an industry event several years ago, and you were hot as a firecracker. Things were rocking for you. I can't remember. It was, it was some, I'm trying, it's probably about 2015 or 16. Yeah, that was. And I'm trying to remember, it was It was some industry event, because there were a bunch of people backstage, something that we were doing. Was that the Opry thing or something? Possibly. Was something with the Opry, maybe? Probably so. It wasn't at the Opry House. No, no, no. It Maybe was, it was. Was it when they inducted Chris Young in? Maybe. I don't know. I, well, because I remember they would do an event down. Where did they do that at? I think it was like the convention center I can see the something. room, but I can't remember what the building yeah, was. Yeah, but it, was, it wasn't the Ryman or it wasn't no, anything. It, wasn't. it was like a more urban, uh, yeah. more, one of those new facilities. But anyway, man, so you were you were on a major back then, and, and yep. things have kind of shifted gears for you. I know that's a, that's a big adjustment, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a different. A, a different, you know, going from that to this, but you know, it's been a great transition. You know, working with Benny Brown and everybody at Stone Country Records, man, they just are just great people. So Benny, for everybody that know, doesn't know, Benny uh, started Broken Bow Records, and which launched Jason Aldean's career, and then they got bought out and merged with a bigger label. You but they did DMG have, maybe? I think. Okay. So who's so Benny's opened up another label? Who's your yep. distribution with? Uh, you know, I don't know who. I don't. Eric, you know who it is? Orchard, Orchard. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, cool. yeah. Very high. I don't know the details on some of that stuff, <laughs> but it but it's uh, he he had uh, quite a bit of success early on. Is he building up yeah. a new roster. I mean, other uh, yeah yeah. Well, we got Joe Nichols on there and some other new acts. Uh, I've, it, I've been hearing some of Joe's new stuff. Yeah on the radio yeah. Too. It's uh, it's Stone Country Records and then there's Quartz Hill. I'm on Stone Country. Joe's on Quartz Hill and then uh, there's some other various you know newer acts and things on there. Yeah, it's uh, I one of the things that that we're uh, we're trying to talk to folks about is just the the difference in. Being on a major and the nuts and bolts that make a label situation turn, how different moving to an independent situation is, sure. and and just how different it must be in this day and age for a kid to start off like with TikTok and and oh yeah, it's a and different there world, are labels man. that won't even look at you unless you've got so many views on TikTok now. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like what American Idol or even The Voice was several years ago. You know, they wanted that that. That viewership where people well, knew it, who you were. It seems were. like back then everybody is off the voice or, or yeah. American Idol. Now it's all, you know, it seems like it's all TikTokers, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. I just wonder, too, you know, I don't know how it was when you came up. For me, I, I mean, I spent years in honky-tonks, man. I yeah. was playing every freaking weekend, playing with, you know, bands and just any place I'd get on stage, learning how well, see, to work a five-hour set and keep people on the dance floor and all those things. That's And, and I think that's the difference between a lot of these guys, you know. It, it's easy to sit in your room, your bedroom, and you know, make TikTok videos versus actually learning, you know, how to be an artist and work the crowd and, you know, being in that environment and entertain. It's a different thing. It does. There is a learning curve there. Oh, of, of, I mean, being able to know, uh, even when you're in a cover band, knowing what songs keep people on the dance floor. Because if you're playing in bars, you don't keep people on the dance floor. They don't drink beer. They don't exactly. drink beer. You don't come back. <laughs> so, so it's it's all part of that, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. So where where did you start when you when you first started playing music? Man, I you know I wasn't old enough to play in the bars and stuff. So I was playing a lot of uh, you know just festivals and probably parties I shouldn't have been at and you know things like that. Oh, yeah. just, just anywhere we could play because I was in a band and it's funny man back then I, I, I always sang and I loved to sing but I was always too shy to get in front of people and sing so I was just a guitar player because really? I, just, I just wanted to play guitar Yeah, and uh, but yeah but, but we played all kind of places man wherever it let us you know. Yeah now Florida? Florida yep North Florida. What part? North? 
Yeah, around uh, about 45 minutes west of Gainesville. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, garden parties and bar mitzvahs and uh, pony well, rides. It, it, it's funny, man, because, you know, there wasn't much of a music scene in Gainesville. I don't even think there was a bar that that have, you know, live country music. And so there wasn't a whole lot of places to play. So you kind of, you know, play where you can. Yeah, that's uh, – but so you started off there. What, what was the – how old were you the first time that you got on stage? Mm. Probably 12, 13, ah, 13, 14. With a band or? or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a band, me and some buddies, and, you know, we played all, all over the place. So. Yeah, any recordings of that still floating around? There probably is somewhere. <laughs> In fact, it's so funny, I know a guy named Jeff Davis that you probably know Jeff from, he, he used to work at the radio station, I think, in Jacksonville. I think you I know Jeff. Yeah, I know Jeff. And yeah. uh, he had something that, that I was with a buddy, a guy named Paul Rice, and in fact, I just talked to him, and uh, I was playing some music with him, and he introduced me to Jeff Davis, and I, I I recorded some guitar stuff for him and and uh, I I reconnected with Jeff probably about a month ago at a radio event. And he's like, "Hey man, you remember this?" And he had it saved on his phone. I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, I was probably nineteen, twenty, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, those are all fun to go back and listen to, man. I was talking to Steve Warner not long ago, man. You realize when Steve? I think Steve went out with was it Skaggs? When it, no, it wasn't Skaggs. Steve was on the road with somebody when he was like 19 years old. He actually left school to go play on the road, man. Could, oh, wow. you, could you imagine doing well, that? Well, that sounds like Keith Whitley and those guys that oh, you yeah. know, they were when they were and Marty Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, those a lot of those guys got started so young, man. Oh yeah. But uh, shoot, man, could you imagine your mama letting you go run off on a bus when you were 16 years <laughs> Not old? Not at all. <laughs> She's like, no thanks. She didn't want me doing the things <laughs> I did when I was 20. <laughs> Your mom, and right. your mom and dad still alive? They are. Yeah, yep, yep. They are. Everybody still lives in Florida. And uh, man, thank thank the Lord and good health and brothers well, and sisters. I do. I have a sister. Yep, yeah. she's eight years older than me. Yeah. So yeah, man. She do music. She she sang, you know, growing up and stuff. But nah, she's not in the business. Yeah. Nah. Don't have any interest in it. Yeah, she just none of mine uh, did either. Yeah. Did you did you have a musical family with their mama play piano at the church and all that stuff? Not not really. Uh, you know, my grandpa was always a singer and stuff like that, but nobody. Well, I did have a cousin that was a fiddle player, or actually a great fiddle player. Um, you know, he used to play with like Nickel Creek and you know some of those bands and stuff That's back cool. in the day. And you know, he grew up you know going to the bluegrass festivals and all that stuff. And he was a great player. But uh, my immediate family, not really, not really, you know. I was, yeah. Now, my dad, he was always interested in music and stuff like that and sing and always wanted to play the guitar but never did learn. So uh, I guess I, I took that over. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, what, uh, what were some of those early music influences that you had? You know, for me, uh, growing up around my grandparents, you know, they I, I remember they had, like, record collection stuff that was probably left there from my dad and my aunts and stuff like that. So, you know, I remember listening to Hank, you know, Senior and Elvis and – you know, all those things, those records that were just left there, you know, and exploring all that. Yep. Did you go through the Haggard phase? Obviously, you, oh, yeah. straight was a huge Have, influence. Dude, Haggard was probably my biggest influence. Him, Keith Whitley, and George Jones. I was totally. listening. So I, I just recently downloaded uh, like 20 of my favorite Haggard songs, and, and I've been I've been listening to them on my playlist at the gym. If you, you get like Red Bandana or Makeup and Faded Blue Jeans. Oh, I love that. And, and, and really listen to them. Listen to that internal groove on Red Bandana with that, that's got like a little Clavinova thing going on with an acoustic guitar and the bass guitar doing this little riff on this yeah. little internal thing and and I and how many times do you hear bands playing it as a cover tune and they never play it right oh yeah 
Yeah. Same with makeup and faded blue jeans. If that hi hat's not moving, yep. if it's if it doesn't have that beat, it it loses. Or they, the or they whole... play working man blues way too fast. Well, I'm guilty stuff. of that. <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah. We've I, all done that. Dude, I can remember being sixth grade buying uh, uh, one of my first records at Haggard Records. It was the best of the best of Merle Haggard, and just some of my you know day I started loving you again and sing me back home. And I remember being a you know in sixth grade you know trying to comp those licks you know and trying to. To learn that phrasing and all that stuff, and and just and even now when I go back and listen to all that stuff, just the the timbre and the quality of his voice, oh, incredible, was just, it's still amazing to me. Oh, you know, but it's funny too, though. You know, you see the evolution of their voices from when they're really young to when they do kind of get that more seasoned timbre on it, and yeah. you know, they get older and. And uh, that age gets on their voice, you know, and it just Alcohol gets better. cigarettes. Well, that, that could be it, too. <laughs> but it, it's fa- the journey of watching them go through all that stuff, oh, yeah. you know. And, and just a, as a kid, if you were like me, man, I used to dream about being on the bus and, and going into venues and playing these old smoky bars. Man. Oh, absolutely. I just, just all the, the lifestyle images of what I thought was going on out on the road, man. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I dreamed about it as a child. I oh, mean, yeah. years and years and years, that's all I ever wanted. Well, and that, that's I'm, I'm, I'm the same with you on that. You know, people like, hey, what, what did you, or when did you start wanting to be an artist or a singer or whatever or be in the music business? I said, man, that's all I ever wanted to do. I, I never really did have an, a dream of being anything else, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, the only reason I went to college is because my, my parents were like, hey, uh, go to Nashville and pursue your career or your dream, but do us a favor, go get your education first. And then I was like, all right, I can do that. Yeah, I heard a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. So uh, as you were, uh, as a vocalist, and then we'll talk about guitar in a little bit, but as a vocalist when you were studying things, what were some of the uh, some of the artists that really challenged you? My, things for me that were challenging was like, Ricky Van Shelton's Statue of a Fool. Oh, yeah. Some of that stuff that was really, really rangy. What were some things that challenged you when you were just learning? Say you're 16, 17 years yeah. old, you're playing gigs on the weekend, stuff that, whew, man, stand in the shower and scream it for two days trying to get ready just to do it one time on a weekend. Man, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You know, that, again, my biggest influences are Haggard, Jones, and Whitley, and anything they do is a challenge. I mean, really, yeah, because they were just such great vocalists and, and great artists, you know, just the way they sing and their phrasing and uh, just the way they attack the song and their approach on it, man, I, that's that's an art form in itself. It really is, and learning where to take a breath. Yes. Learning all those little nuances about where to slip a little vibrata in. a lot of that stuff, you can't push to hit that stuff. Oh, no. You it's can't. very intricate. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you, sometimes it's just a, a little quick breath in a certain spot. Yep. But, uh, I, and man, I would lay there, man. I'd, I I remember times getting little bookshelf speakers and laying them on the floor and cranking it up just so I could hear every little thing. Oh, yeah. We've come so far with headphones and earbuds and those yep. things now that you don't have to do that anymore. But I wanted to hear every little nuance. I miss that. And a lot of the recordings that we make today, because I think it gets lost in translation on earbuds, man, compared to what well, we had. Too with all the technology, it kind of sometimes takes the what's the word for it? The you know those dynamic, guys, maybe dynamics, and yeah. but too you know those guys, you know. They didn't have auto-tune. They didn't have, I mean, you had to be on. Oh, yeah. But they yeah. also mixed different, and analog was True. warmer, so it, it, it covered up things. Uh, and there, I've, I've watched those guys duck little split seconds and you know yeah. when they're mixing out and, and it's it's amazing how different it is now everything's so but you still had to be you still oh, had to yeah. be pretty on you could you Absolutely. can't just get in there and 
you know, just sling a vocal. All right, just fix it, you know. Dude, I was listening to Tammy Wynette this morning at the gym and listening to uh, Golden Ring. Oh, yeah. You should, I mean, really, I, I don't know if I've ever really listened to her voice. I, and it's it just amazing. She had, she's had such little character, little things yeah. that she did. Incredible. Sometimes I think we pro tool the stuff that out That's of what everybody. I mean. That's what I'm saying. It, it gets so overdone that it sometimes it takes the life or it takes the vibe out of it. Yeah, it takes so, the vibe out. Yeah. Cause sometimes those little imperfections oh my are, is what makes the record. Like those old Jerry Lee Lewis records where he's singing real high up there and he's just a little sharp. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's great. You go back and you fix right. those things and it, it destroys the feel of the record. Yes. It's the same with rock and roll. You go back and, and tune Robert Plant's voice at Led Zeppelin and, it and, and it's not the same. Yeah. I and mean, you suck all the life out of it. Exactly. Do you feel a little bit more of the freedom being on an independent label and having a little bit more control over some of those issues than you did on a major? I, you know, I, I think so. You know, major, so, you know, you said you asked the difference between the, it seems like a major and versus a in, independent label, you know, sometimes the majors get so big, you just feel like a cog in the wheel, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit, and you get lost in there. Yep. And, um, you know, with a with an indie, it's, it's more personal. You know, it's like it's like with Benny, it's like, man, when we were making this record, me and him were listening to songs together and, and choosing songs together. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like you got your an guy that you never see over here. Yeah. It's like we're actually working one-on-one -on -one together. And the cool thing about Benny is he loves country music. Yeah. And, of course, I love country music, and he's a fan of, of what I do, and, you know, he just kind of let me be me making this record, which I love it. That's a good it's, thing. It's probably one of my favorite records I've ever made this last one. That's good to hear, yeah. man. Yes. Yeah. So uh, who all uh, who all did you have session-wise? What players did you get? Man, I'm going to blank on you here. Uh, Larry Franklin, uh, I was yeah. just talking to my buddy about it. Uh, Derek Wells, uh, Rob McNelly, um, John Willis. Oh yeah, uh, just I mean, just great players. There's so many great. Oh players my gosh, in this yeah, town, man. I They're mean, just really so much talent. It's like it's like you think you're a good guitar player. Yeah, go listen to those guys, and you'll just be like, yeah, I'm gonna put that down. Yeah, yeah, I gave that up a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, you hear like guys like Brent Mason and stuff, because Brent, you know, back in the day, he's my hero as far oh as guitar gosh, player. Man. And you just go see the stuff that that he 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 does, and it's just like, holy crap. I was uh, I was watching a thing on Book Fact the other day. Oh yeah. And Tom right. was talking about one of the biggest lessons that he learned. He said, you know, he said, I used to get so offended. He said, take, for example, say you're, a, you're in, a, in a master session with an A-liver artist and you feel like you just played the greatest solo that you've ever played in your life. And you get done, the producer says, mm, let's try a different direction. <laughs> and here all of a sudden you've given everything you have to this one solo and you're just all, it's messing up your head. And the drop of a dime, you've got to split the switch, take a whole new direction oh, in another place and give just as much passion and intensity that you just gave the first time or you might not get called the next yeah. time. Yeah, man. Those, and, those and learning to get your head separated where you can walk away from that one you just played and never think about it again and move on yeah. is the biggest trick to being an A-level session player in this town, far and above everything it, else. It's so funny, man, when, when Brent would be playing stuff, like on my first record, I'd say, hey, man, can you do what you just did? And he'd be like, uh, what I do. What, what I do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do you not know what you did? It's like, they're just so good. It's just second nature, man. It's just like, okay. It's amazing to watch. And, and not only that, Play something extremely intricate with, you know, just all these little nuances in it, and then add two harmony parts to it. Yeah, play it exactly the same. Yeah. So how do you do that? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, it's amazing, insane. What some really of those guys can. Well, all of them can do. They they wouldn't be here if they wasn't. 
I, I think Nashville, you know, and, and I, I love all different forms of music, you know, but I think as far as the musicianship and the songwriters and the things that we have in town and the efficiency and the structure of our recording process and our number okay. system and everything, I, I think this is by far the most efficient, well-oiled recording machine there is in oh, the yeah. entire world. Above I mean, you can go in there and record a whole record. Oh, in two couple, days. Yeah, two days if you want to. Absolutely. You know? And just knock it out if you do all your stuff on the front end. But I've been in the studio with buddies like from Three Doors, man, where they'd rent Oceanway for three months. <laughs> and, you know, come in there catering every day and piddle around or write a song or cut the same song like 20 times. And, you know, it's like. I, I feel like, though, that's kind of back in the day. Those You hear about those types of things, you know, anymore. I guess big acts still do I it, but I do. can't imagine. I mean, to me, I, I would rather spend the time course like Waylon says you know it all starts with the song yeah you know so get your lyric right and then uh, then you go from there and then you build a track around it but without the right words man it's not hard to do yeah in this business <laughs> you're chasing your tail I don't know it's all changed a lot though yeah. Yeah. what do you what do you like about now compared to say 15 years ago the music changed a lot man what do you what do you see man I don't know I mean I, I feel like you know as a lot of people say I, I think it's coming back you know it's like anything else man it goes in waves you know Sometimes it gets a little poppy, and sometimes it comes back to the middle. It's, it's kind of a kind of a pendulum a little bit, you know. It swings back and forth, and it's going it's going back and forth all the time. You know, I, I do feel like right now it's getting a little more back to you know the more traditional type country. Um, but it's man, that's just how it's always been. You know, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it uh, it feels like there's a lot of traditional stuff coming. I think so, back. not only not only with the songwriting, but I think with more of the recording process, you're starting to hear. Uh, a lot, a lot more fiddling still on the records, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and and a lot more creative productions too. I mean, I, I've been really trying to listen to a lot more uh, some of the new artists. I listened all the way through Lainey Wilson's album, new album the other day. Uh, tell you what, man, her songwriting, her imagery, and everything is just really amazing. And the production stuff to be able to make a traditional country record that still sounds fresh. Sure, you did. The producer did a great job. Oh yeah, on that. yeah. Who who produced your stuff? This new stuff. Uh, Wade Kirby. Okay. Wade Kirby. He, when we wrote a when we wrote about all of it. And uh, but he also produced it, and uh, yeah, man, it was a it was a great process. You get to play guitar on a record? No, nah, I let those guys Come do on, it, man. man. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like I said, when you hear those guys play, you're just like, yeah, I'll let you do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you uh, do you spend time woodshedding trying to trying to? Are you? you have, I'm sure you got a full time guitar player with you. Oh, I, I do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sometimes I get a little lazy. I say, "Hey, man, can you show me how to do this?" Instead of because used to, you know, I'd sit there and listen to the records and try to dissect every little note and. And uh, it's funny, my, my last producer was like, well, just get your guitar player to learn it and show it to you. So I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So sometimes I get a little lazy on that part. But, yeah, I, I still get there and woodshed it, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. How much are you working this year? Man, it, it, we're still adding dates to the books. I would say we'll probably be at 95 or 100. You know, yeah. if you include radio stuff where you go out there and, you know, do the radio shows, it'll probably be 110, 115 shows. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. It's a lot of miles, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You doing doing full shows, a lot of clubs and stuff. Yeah. Doing a lot of full shows, clubs, theaters. I mean, we kind of do a wide array of everything. You know, we yeah. were, we were just out, I think this past weekend, uh not this past weekend before, out the Grizzly Rose out there. Of course, oh, I always yeah. love playing love the Rose Rose. And, you know, it it gets tough when you're, you know, cuz a lot of times we're in a situation now, you know, working this new single where, you know, the bus will go on out. Like say they went out to the Grizzly Rose, and then we had to go to Pensacola and play a radio show. So we fly there, and then we fly to Denver the next day and meet the bus. So sometimes that that whole combination of flying and meeting the bus and getting on the oh, bus, yeah. it gets pretty tiring sometimes. It does, especially when you're doing two, three 
I, my three shows a week's probably about my limit. I, yeah. I mean, and I struggle sometimes, you know, oh, with tough. that. But the the flights, man, yeah. especially the delays and oh, yeah. sitting in the freaking airports uh, and all that stuff, man. It just I, it, I would rather me. ride the bus anytime. Absolutely, like, like, amen. You know, the beer's colder. The bathrooms right absolutely, there. Absolutely, <laughs> man. The beds right there. You can take uh, a nap when you absolutely. want to. Absolutely, satellite. Yeah, got all exactly. The stuff you want going on? Because I, I was talking to somebody. I was like, yeah, it's a little different. You know, it's one thing to just you know go to bus call, meet the bus, it. 10 or 11 o'clock at night, you get on, sleep eight hours or whatever you do, and, and you know, you get there at the gig and you're ready to go. That's it. Instead of, you know, it's one thing to do that, and, and instead of the flying in and meeting and all that, that, that puts a whole other, you know, uh, part to it, I guess. It just, yeah. it drains your body. It does. It just drains you. Uh, mentally, physically, yes. all of it. Yeah. It looks like you've been hitting the gym a little bit since I saw you. <laughs> Man, I, I've been trying to do something, so just trying to be worth a darn, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I enjoy it, man. It, it, it For me... You know, the working out part, I, I think it helps the whole aspect, you know, just stay in good shape and, you know, mentally, physically. And, you know, I, you got to stay on top of it if you want to keep doing this out here. Like Absolutely at a high level. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. The gym's a big part of it, man. Oh, yeah. It's keeping yourself healthy. Absolutely. It really does. You writing much? Man, uh, I wrote a ton for this past record because I had, you know, it, you know, you asked that, and it's funny because they say you have your whole life to write for your first record. Yeah. You know, and then after that, it's just bam, bam, bam. Well, you know, the period between being signed at Mercury and then signing with Benny was about two, two and a half years. So I was able just to get in there and write as much as I wanted to. And, you know, hey, if we if we got it one day, we got it. If we didn't, we'll try another day. And it was like having that that period of your whole life to write for your first record again. So to be able to do that um, was just an awesome experience. So, yes, I, I've, I've been writing a bunch, and then I've been just kind of supporting this record. I haven't had as much time to write because I've just been gone so much, you know. Yeah. Did you get to hunt in the fall? Man, I don't think I hunted one time. No, I take that back. I went and sat in the tree stand one time. And it's just, just man, I just get so busy. You know how it is. I do. And because, you know, you get so busy out there when you do get home, it's like, man, you don't really feel like doing anything. You just want to rest for a I day know. or so, you know. Getting and then it's recliner. right back to it. Yeah, you know? yeah you're pulling up here. I we were coming to the bus on the bus pad here at the house, and there was a big old turkey. Yeah, out I there saw that picture. Oh, yeah. up, man, he had a bunch of girls with him. He was showing out a little bit this morning. <laughs> and, and and too, you know, when you're out between work and you know on the road and at the house, you know, just time kind of flies, and it's like, man, where'd it go? Look you up know? another year's gone. Yeah. I mean, just bam. I swore after COVID that I wasn't going to work this much again, and then everything just started rolling. It's like, oh yeah, you, right you got back, to. You right back you do it again. You know why you can. Yeah, just get out there and grind it out, man. Absolutely. How old are you now? Man, I just turned 40 this past year. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'll be 40 Oh, you're year. a young pup. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? Age to me, that's just, uh, it, it's yeah. all about how you feel and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you, you know? wait. Yeah. <laughs> there, I'm, I'm going to keep with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I say the same thing. <laughs> got to keep on grinding it out, man. Got to do it, man. It just gets harder and harder. <laughs> I'll keep fighting at it. Part of the thing, though, man. Oh, yeah. It's all good. So was it everything you thought it'd be? Music business? You know, highs and you lows. You know, it's, it's one of those deals in this business, you got to get used to both. Because there, there's there's going to be plenty of waves of high and low, you know. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's a, it's a different way of life for sure as an artist. You know, you know it, it's different than anything else you've ever done. I know that for a fact. Um, so when you dreamed of it when you were a kid, what was the dream? Was it seeing yourself on the marquee? Was it driving fancy cars with the girls? What, what, was, what was your dream? Probably all of the above, or some of all of the above, <laughs> for sure. Uh, 
You know, because I think everybody views it through a little bit of a different lens. At least I did, man. Oh, I, yeah. I just, I, there was something about the bus that was just magic to me. I just wanted to be on the damn bus. I don't know what it was. I just felt like that, that was just the coolest lifestyle to be able to run up and down the road from bar to bar. Oh, yeah. And, and have people bringing you booze and, <laughs> you know, all the things that go along with it. I mean, it was, it was yeah. a wonderful time. It, it definitely is, you know, what people how they perceive it through their eyes, you know, especially people that are not in the business. They think it's this glamorous life all the time. And, and it's like, man, if you just seen the green room I was in, you would know it's not that glamorous right. all the time. Right. Porta johns are not, yeah, glamorous. not glamorous. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. Some days it's a, cor- a Porta john in a cornfield. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I've been to plenty of those. Buddy. Oh my Trust gosh. Me. So, uh, I think there might be some confusion. So uh, a lot of folks don't really understand the difference between a major label and an independent label. So major labels, Definitely more corporate. Definitely more corporate. And and like, for example, you've got um, the Warner Electra Asylum family, which is Warner Brothers. WIA, Warner Electra Asylum, that is their distribution. So when you talk about a major label, that means a a label conglomerate that has major distribution. Distribution is probably one of the most important things. Universal has their own distribution. All the subsidiary labels that fall under that blanket. Don't they own some of the streaming stuff or have something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, and then you've got RCA, BNA, BMG, Bertelman Music Group, all that's under another blanket. they got their own distribution. So when you talk about an independent label like what I am, what what Benny is now, I'm on my own imprint, I have Orchard Distribution too. So Orchard is an independent distribution company. Uh, and they, what that means is that they typically provide you maybe the money to cut your project, but they do all your physical, they do all your, your digital. Uh, but what I learned several years ago, a small independent label like what I have, which is just me, it's my own imprint. Uh, for me to try to work radio would be basically, basically financially impossible. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Because you're going to spend several hundred thousand dollars on a record, and without the support and strength of other other yep. artists and other things to spread that that cost around with a promotion staff, it's just basically impossible. Oh, yeah, be impossible. So, how many promotion people do you have over? It? Man, we've got a we've got full staff, full staff. Yeah, we got full staff, which is great. You know, Benny's able to do that, and uh, you know, if and if anybody can have success as an independent label, it'd be Benny Brown because he's done it before. Absolutely. You know? But have, but a lot of radio stations, a lot of the big reporting stations uh, won't even take a promotion staff's call. If you like hired an outsourced promotion right. staff as an independent right. label, if you don't have an in-house staff working yep. exclusively for your label, right, there's a lot of stations that won't even take yep. a call. And we're, we're lucky to have that resource. Yep. We've got, you know, for uh, Quartz Hill's got their, or their staff and then um, – then my label's got their staff too, so pretty lucky to have that. Yep. Uh, what's your management situation like? Man, uh, a guy named Jake Legron's managing me right yeah, now. I've, I've known. Uh, yeah, you know Jake. He's been in the business for a long time. Yep. Great guy. Yep. Great guy. How many? Uh, how many uh, folks are on his roster? You've got several management uh, partners. Yeah. No, it's just him. It's I mean, as far as other artists. Oh, other artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's got Joe Nichols and uh, some other artists on our label. That's cool. Yeah, man. I like Joe, man. You know, Joe and Joe's I. Joe's great, man. Joe, he really he's is great. such a great singer. Glad to see some stuff happening for him. Oh, yeah. He's been off the charts for a while. Yeah, he, he's one of those class. He's one of those modern classic voices. Oh, that yeah. He, he really is. there forever. I mean, oh, he's just great. Just had some great records, too, oh, yeah. just like you have. He's Absolutely. a great guy. Arkansas go- guy. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> y'all didn't have, did y'all have anybody in uh, in the, in March Madness? The floor had Florida, didn't it? Man, I ain't even been paying attention to it. <laughs> I, I've been the worst fan. I just. <laughs> I hadn't paid attention to them. Man, they, I, I, even when football season, I, I knew, I was like, yeah, everybody's kind of bragging about, like, the new quarterback and, and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, I don't know. 
And uh, they ended up disappointing me this year. So, so are you a big sports fan? Man, a little I, bit. I, I like college football, yeah. but it, it's one of those deals where if we lose, it ain't going to ruin my day. I don't care. You know what I mean? Nah, it's yeah. and I'm not a I'm not a betting junkie. Either. No, I ain't either. And I, but but dude, I know some people that if the ball team loses, their week oh, yeah. is ruined. Oh yeah, destroys your life. Yeah, I used to have a buddy that I worked with, and oh my god, he was the biggest Alabama fan I knew, and. He would get so aggravated. I mean, he was, we were going down the road one day, and he threw pizza boxes out. That's what happens when you road. get so spoiled because you get used to winning, and then you think you're supposed to win all the time. It's, it's called privilege. Oh, man. And it's a bunch of crap. That's what happens in Alabama. See, that's what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> I don't, all I know, man, his, his week would be ruined. And, and, of course, everybody else's would, too, you know, out on the road because he gets so aggravated. So what, what's your outlet other than hitting the gym? What do you, what's your, what do, you do? Man, I love to ride dirt bikes. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, again, I, I love to hunt and fish, but I just ain't had time to do it. I, I barely had time to dirt bike. And I'm telling you, get, get busy on the road, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it sucks into your personal It does, time. man. And, you really know, but, but like somebody said, you need to sit at the house and spend money or go out and work. So I'd rather go out and work. Yeah, but this is kind of like a hobby too. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, it you is. still get to ride around and, and. Oh, I'm. Trust me, I'm very blessed and very thankful. Trust me, there could be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with digging a ditch, but I'd rather be doing this. I got a chance to do a Craig Morgan's ride several years ago, man, out at his place. He's he's kind of big into the dirt bike. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. He, yeah, he. Was I think I tore that. some stuff up that day. Yeah, he gave <laughs> me a side by side. Oh yeah, I was flying. That I never let up. I think I hit a few trees. <laughs> just, just on the. Yeah, side. you might want to watch those. Just on the side course. I mean, I didn't stop or anything. It wasn't like I went like that or nothing. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I love it. I, again, I don't get a chance to do it as much as I'd like to. But yep. you know, when we do, we, we get out there and have a good time. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's easy to get lost in all of it, man. So what's uh, what's coming up next for you? What you got going on, man? We're just out there. That's it. The grindstone, man. Working this new record. Uh, got a got a new song out called "Marry That Girl." That's doing really well, and. Uh, it's really taken on life of its own over the past six months to a year. And, uh, man, we're just out there working the crap out of it. Any duets? No, not on this record. No. 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 Yeah, so, none. Maybe. Well, thank you. You sang, uh, you did paint me a Birmingham. Dude, me. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not hosing you. Dude, that's one of my favorite things I've ever done, Very to good. get a chance to get on there with you and, and So do you doing it in your show? Man, I, I, I no, but we can. Come on. We can go do it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, man. It'd <laughs> be awesome, actually. It really would. Yeah, what a great record, man. Oh, that's a great song. That's one of my favorite songs of yours ever. And 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 just songs in general, one of my favorite. You know, That album still does well for us. Ask me some pointed questions. Throw something at him, boys. Man, what's the uh, most bizarre request you've ever had from a fan, or what's the craziest thing they've ever asked you to sign? I mean, you can already guess what they asked me to sign. I mean, yeah. that's pretty, you know. That's just terrible. Yeah, yeah, awful. Sorry, honey. Uh, I got a real big signature. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have they have asked me to sign them, and, you know, they get that stuff tattooed on them and stuff, and I'm just like, all right, God bless you. We, we love our fans. Like, Absolutely. We'll do it, you know. <laughs> You had to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Of course, man. I got to switch it up a little bit. I mean, I mean, I've definitely had awkward moments. I have. I remember one time, uh, and you've been there. I know you have Moe's place in Katy, Texas. Absolutely. You know Mo. Oh yeah. And uh, we, I was, and, and it was when I first got, you know, out there starting, and uh, I was up there singing. And you know how it is when you're just kind of learning the ropes. Like, like I played a lot of stages before them, but not at that level, you know, professional yeah. level. And you learn to adapt, you know, to certain situations, and. Um, I had a woman jump up there and start humping my leg like a dog. <laughs> Dude, I had a woman stroke my boot on stage. Are you serious? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, what do I do? I'm like, just sing through it, I guess. I don't know. Security got her off and about drug me off too, but oh my gosh. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. People get strange sometimes. Well, they get they just get excited. They get excited. They get excited. You know, between the alcohol and the excitement, the music, it just kind of yeah, they forget. Just couldn't contain it. They, they they forget. <laughs> I guess. I got a question about songwriting. Um, so you probably write on the guitar mostly. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you play some piano or any other instruments? Man, that... I know enough piano to make a chord, but that's about it. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm all guitar player. Yeah, so that's that's primarily what you oh, write yeah. on, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I play the piano, so I, and so it ends up being too much, too many chords. So I'll go to the guitar because I can't play it very well. Well, the, I mean... Well, <laughs> and it keeps it real simple. <laughs> <laughs> the piano, though, can inspire some different things, you know, emotions. And, absolutely. You know, different melodies and stuff. When you get to start, you know, playing those different voicing on those chords and stuff. It can be really cool, you know. It kind of takes it a different place sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Very nice, man. So, uh, any international stuff? You going overseas at all? Man, I don't have any plans to. Uh, I think the only time I've ever actually been overseas, we went to Japan, to Okinawa over there. To the there are huge base. country fans over there. Oh, I've yeah. never been. Well, I, I did the military base, so it was yeah. all, it wasn't really, you know, Japanese people. It was mostly American soldiers. And uh, But it was a real cool experience, you know. My deal about it is I just, I like going and doing that stuff. It's just the amount of time it takes to get there and sit on a plane. I was going to say, how long is that flight? Oh, it, it was 13 hours just to Tokyo and then another four to Okinawa. And, and it's hard for me to sit on a three-hour plane ride, you know, just in the States. But it was like, it was kind of tough. That's long. That's yeah. a long ride. Yeah. Australia's worse. Oh, yeah. That, what's that, like 18 hours? Oh, it's a lot. It's a, between, I usually have one stop. It's usually like 20-something hours. Yeah. I mean, it's so long. You know, they you, they give you the whole movie catalog. They give you, like, comedies and everything. They give you a whole thing. The flight over and the flight back, by the time you get halfway home, you've watched everything. Every one of them. Everything, everything there is to watch. <laughs> There's done, nothing been else. It. Nope, you've been through it all. Oh There's nothing gosh, left. Man, give me a drink. Uh, of several. Well, yes. you drink a whole bunch of them as soon as you get on the plane. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then you just knock. And then out. when you add a country band to the mix up there, it's like, well, the alcohol's gone by now. By by the end of a eight hour flight, it's like you know. So have you ever been to a karaoke bar where nobody knew who you were and went up and did one of your own songs to see what people would do? I have got challenged <laughs> to do that, and I have done it. And uh, I remember I was in Nashville somewhere or something, and someone's like, "Hey man, you get up and sing your song." I'm like, "Sure." So I acted like I had no idea what I was doing. And just was like, I was looking at the words, trying to, you know, just playing like an idiot. And uh, yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. That's all fun thing. Because some people are like, who's this cat? He kind of sounds like, and you kind of sound like Easton Corbin. I was like, eh, I get that sometimes. You know? <laughs> so tell me all your socials and everything. Where, yeah, man. Name, your name of the new album. Yeah, let's do Country Rights, a new record. Uh, right. The new singles, Marry That Girl. And, of course, uh, man, I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I love it. You name it, we're there. All that good stuff. All that good Brother, stuff. so good to see you. Hey, thanks for Always having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you, man. Hope I uh, hope we get a chance to do some shows with you out there. Let's and do Paint Me in Birmingham, let's man. Let's do it anytime. Oh, that'd be great. I'll be ready, man. <laughs> Easton Corbin. Thank you. Appreciate you.